Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram, at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can find me personally, at Justin Bizarro. Again, that's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. That's two Zs, two Rs. So I translate it for everyone because everyone still spells it wrong all the time. I know because of Bizarro Superman and Bizarro on Seinfeld and Doppelgangers and all that, it's confusing, but that is how it's spelled. You can also find this show and all the other shows we do on Spotify by typing in my last name again with the two Z's, two R's, or I say double Z, double R. It's just, I grew up saying it that way. I don't know why. It just stuck. So that being said, I have a very special guest back. We've been trying to coordinate for a couple months now because I'm totally excited for her. I'm cheering for you always, Noki, just so you know, and I'm rooting for you like big time because I really believe in what you're doing and the impact and influence you have on the world. So that being said, audience, I'm going to introduce Noki. She has the concept Lauv in it, which we've done two episodes on, which I, I love those episodes. And you have a new concept that you've opened. It's called South Ahan out of Columbia, Tennessee. I'm so excited to talk about this and your story and just this venture because I know it's been a journey and what a leap to go from a food truck trailer uh, concepts for the audience, I categorize them together, into a brick and mortar uh, because I think it takes quite an accomplishment, a lot of bravery to do that. So let's do this. Let's briefly talk about your history and your story um, and your origins, obviously, from Laos and, and, and how that sort of made its way into your life and into your food. Uh, just to remind the audience, I will reference them back in the episode notes to the other two episodes we've done. And um, and and let's get started. So it's all yours, Noki. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. You're uh, very welcome. I'm so glad to uh, be able to come back on and share some more things with everyone um yeah um go, i guess going back to um the first and second part that um we were just talking about how it all started um but yeah we started the whole food truck concept uh, about seven years ago um just the dream and the passion that i've had since i was very young um has led me into the the journey of finally owning um, my own catering and food truck business um, here in Nashville. Um, fast forward, um, we're here. Um, like you mentioned, it took a lot of time, took a lot of hard work, dedication. Um, so it led us here to Columbia and we are here and we have a, our first restaurant, our first brick and mortar, and it's an, under a new banner. Um, new name of South Ahan and we're just so excited because we've the growth I've seen the growth of my, the business that I've, I built um, just becoming so fruitful and it's just been you know mind-blowing because uh, uh, to me I look back it's like wow I've, I've come so far and I'm just really proud of myself I guess <laughs> I, I hate saying that but sometimes I, I feel like I need to say that more I'm proud um, of you <laughs> Big thank time. you Thank you. I yeah, mean, not like I you probably, need it from me, but I am. I don't want to lie. No, like, I'm rooting no. for you guys always. Thank you. Thank you. No, I need that from, from you know, from anyone, everyone who can encourage. Um, I mean, being an uh, entrepreneur, especially in the food business, is tough, you know? And they don't see a lot of, of the hardship, and they only see the, the results, and but they don't see the scene behind, you know, of the things that we go through, you know, um, but definitely, yeah, we're um, we're here in Colombia with our new restaurant. <laughs> I want to talk about this a little bit, and I know we've touched upon it here and there, but what was it? I mean, Tennessee is, I mean, it's Nashville definitely over the last four years, I would say, is is booming. And you have a lot of cuisine <clears throat> and culture and ethnic foods, for lack of a better term, coming to the United States. I don't know why we say that, but a diversity of foods coming there. Um, mm -hmm. But seven years ago, I mean, I was there, you know, I built restaurants there and stuff and like after the floods and, and, and was involved in restaurant equipment and stuff. It wasn't necessarily diversified in the population. Even the ones coming in for tourism didn't necessarily mm -hmm. 
understand South Asian food or Southeast mm-hmm. Asian food for that matter. I mean, beyond Chinese food, quote unquote, which is only mm-hmm. like a part of China amongst all the different, you know, types of food that actually mm-hmm. exist in China, for for example, and even that's Americanized, is mm. how did you get people educated on what you were doing or how did you introduce this? I don't even think people could find Laos on a map in Tennessee. Maybe a lot of people can, but I'm like, I'm just not sure just because it w- it's not on people's radar. So talk to me a little bit about that as you started the food truck and stuff. How did you get people to get comfortable with your food and educate them on where you guys were from in Laos? And it's no insult mm-hmm. to Laos. It's just an actual... I would say it's maybe probably an insult to the la- our education systems, but mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about that. The thing with there's been a lot a lot of confusion with Laotian food and just like in general Southeast Asian food. Um, for for me, um, starting up to, to for me to even start up like a a Laotian like a Lao food truck, it was it was pretty it was a big deal. Uh, we were the first Lao food truck here in Nashville to start up. So um, for me, I was a little nervous because at the same time, it's like, you know, um, we didn't want to cover it up. We're like, okay. Because right now with the whole Lao and Thai, um, people, when you, of course, when you say, oh, well, we don't know what Lao food is. So if I have, to, if I would ask them, well, have you ever had Thai food before? And they're like, yeah, we love Thai food. Um, you know, of course, for sh- from shows and, you know, people, they go travel, the tours, they love to go to Thailand. So they know all- so much about Thai food. And and I would tell them, like, if you have had Thai food before, then you've had Lao food before. Because we are almost like similar type of people and we eat almost the same type of food. Um, another thing is, you know, I, I, I tell people this as well and they get shocked. They're like, I tell them, like, most of these Thai restaurants are actually owned and operated, and there are actually chefs. They're from Laos. Um, they would, of course, just the banner of being a Thai cuisine because they're afraid of, you know, if there was to say Laotian cuisine or Lao cuisine, people won't really come and eat or support because they don't know what we are or what type of food, you know, we, we serve. Um, but now that you see, like, big, you know, celebrities they go and eat like anthony bourdain and you know um, guy fury i mean they go and they they everybody who is on shows you know, on tv they, they're starting to hear a lot now about laotian food and then you have like all these celebrities you know um like big chefs from the west coast especially they're on tv they're cooking they're introducing laotian food to the world and now Nashville is getting a little bit of taste of what it is. And so to me, it's, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been a, a, a journey for, for us to even come out of our shell to even explain to people what Laotian food is. Um, but definitely it's, I mean, yes, Laos, nobody knows. They're, we're a landlocked country in Southeast Asia. You know, we, we're right in the middle of Laos, I mean, um, Cambodia. Vietnam and Thailand so we're landlocked you know um not a lot of people we're we're almost like indigenous people (laughs) so we're not very popular um on the map so but now it's grown a lot where like 10 plus years now it's it's our our our, the food and the culture is 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 coming out strong so a lot of people they're getting introduced to it and then they're they're loving it they're they're just like shocked because they're like, wow, you know, because already we cook differently from Thai people because of the flavors, the profile is different. Um, Thai food is more, you know, their, their main ingredients is it's more of um sweet, salty and uh, sour. We, we do too, but we're, we're more of like a extra type. Uh, we like to put extra ingredients, extra herbs, extra spices. Um, that's just the difference between Laos food and Thai food. But other than that, Southeast Asians, we eat almost the same, everything, every kind of, you know, dish. Yeah, one of the things I think I want to help anchor is because of your the, that you're landlocked and you're between like Vietnam and Thailand, 
um, and Cambodia in particular is each of those areas sort of grows somewhat different things. Their spices are almost the same, but Vietnam grows a lot of spices that actually like black pepper that goes around the world, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason and the herbs and spices that it increased in your product because you're sort of this melting pot, for lack of a better term, of all three of those countries, and then you're landlocked so you don't have access to an ocean, which kind of leaves mm-hmm. out seafood for, in general. Um, but not, I don't want to get stuck there, but it or anchor that too heavily, I should say. But mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because it's it's a really cool thing to see what happens when with a country like Laos that is landlocked that has these like abundant like all the countries including Laos are abundant food places and the amount of mm-hmm. spices and different types of crops within even families that we would think normal to us um, when you go there is just incredible and. What an amazing experience and what a great way of bringing that to the world because I agree with you. The um, I love Thai food, don't get me wrong, and mm-hmm. I love the palate of Thai food. Like I love the way it hits my palate and my tongue. But if mm-hmm. I were to describe Laotian food, I would describe it as a party in my mouth. And I know everyone's going to be mm-hmm. like, okay, that's what are you talking about, Justin? Don't say that. <laughs> like what are you talking about? And But it is because it literally will hit – the different parts of my the flavor profiles you get a lot of different flavors and then it's weirdly because they almost come back because there's just so many different herbs and spices in there mm-hmm. and at, with every bite you can almost get it you you get that same initial experience but you almost get different experiences and notice different flavors um and heightened flavors every time you bite into it i don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it but that is a way i would describe it uh for the audience it's almost like if you've never experienced restaurants before and you go to a good restaurant in Nashville, um, there's this weird showmanship that goes on that's nowhere else. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a party in the food. And this is what I'm talking about here with, with because of this the location, the ingredients that you guys have access to by all of your borders being landlocked. Um, it's interesting how that sort of has, has come to reality, I would say, and just amazing food. Let me anchor mm. this uh, for the audience. What is your favorite Laotian food to cook, and what's your favorite Laotian food to eat? Oh man, that's tough because I love I just love our food. I mean, but if I have to narrow it down to one, definitely um, I'm cooking that today. Actually, is the papaya salad. I love, we love papaya salad. I mean, it's just the spice, the sweet, the savory, the sourness, and it goes well with every kind of dish. Um, the Laotian sausage and the Lao chicken wings, the fried chicken wings, it's just, it's always a must. Um, like it's, it's almost like a must for us in every kind of, <laughs> any kind of day. Um, but definitely I love, but if, if we want to go more um, complex, my favorite is I can eat this all day, all the time. Is is kapun, which is our king noodle soup, and we sell that um, at the restaurant, which is it mimics like the red hot chicken curry, um, but it's with vermicelli, like white vermicelli noodles. Um, it has just chicken broth, spicy, the red curry paste, um, and lots of herbs. And it's just the the concoction is just so delicious. It's very savory. Um, But I would have to say my favorite thing to cook and to eat is the kapun, (laughs) the king noodle soup. I love this. Um, Okay, let's go back now to to your venture. So you guys have had, you've been in the food truck trailer game for seven years, basically. Mm -hmm. And... You, and you obviously you want more your family's involved you're involved this is a growing business you're you've established you know a palette or the acceptance even though you, obviously there's always work to do in the acceptance of laotian food uh in tennessee and in that area how do you what is the triggering point or at what point do you decide it's time to go into brick and mortar and and how do you find your location i know we talked about it a little bit before but let's really dive into this how do you even decide that this is what you want to do 
and especially with the success you're having already? Um, if I had it my way, of course, I would I would love to just stay small and just run as a food truck catering business, continue on. But I knew that if, if I didn't pivot and grow, you know, the business would just stay, um, I guess, stagnant like it's just it won't be able it won't have it won't be able to be fulfilling to its full p- potential um so i know that w- we knew uh it's, so it's pretty much husband and wife team um we knew that if if we don't grow you know it's it's just not gonna be so good um so after yeah seven years of running the food it's, it's been very um it, it's very successful food truck um, business that surprisingly, you know, we did really well. Um, so we were able to finally move into our brick and mortar. And and it was more of like the finance part too. Like we were able to save money and, you know, and we were, because we didn't want to um, pull out any kind of loan or anything like that. Um, so it was more of like that too, the finance part, but it's worked out where we found a place, a very special place here in Colombia. I mean, it's much needed. We are the only Southeast Asian uh, cuisine restaurant here in Colombia. Um, they did have one, but they, uh, the family um, retired, and so they sold their business. So now we are the only Southeast Asian um, restaurant here in Colombia. Um, like it was very uh, strategic planning for us to, to be here in a, you know, we've done a lot of research, a lot of uh, planning. So we knew that this would be a great place to start. And it's just been taken off. It's just been so great. So great um, being here. Had, I mean, so you find the location. Do you mm-hmm. come to the store? I mean, do you transfer your menu items into this restaurant? I mean, how do you sort of take a fresh look at this? I mean, you you didn't take the name with you. It's not Lalvin it like your your uh food business your food truck trailer business it has a different name and a different concept why did you change the name what does it mean and and what were your thoughts there and 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 how does the menu differ and why there's a lot of questions there i'm sorry (laughs) okay um let me process all that question (laughs) but okay so why did we change our name to south Han? So Lavinet is more of is more focused on the product and just the food truck side. Um, so we wanted to have another project. Um, we wanted to rename it to something that fits us even more. Um, like I said, the I mentioned to you before uh, we started the conversation about Sathahan that the word Sathahan just means um, so much to us because us being here in the South, uh, we've we're natives here. We've lived here in Nashville or, or in the South all our lives. So, and then for us being Southeast Asians, um, and then Southeast Asian cuisines, uh, and then the Ahan part means in Laotian, it means food um, in Laos. Um, so to put it together, it's more of like, it's, it's meaningful. Um, it, it means something to, to me. So it's like South food southern food southeast asian food does that make sense (laughs) yeah absolutely um but as far as menu yes we've transferred um actually we transfer all our tiny um entrees and menu to the restaurant um to just showcase the community and the people just to see where we were from um what put us on the map a lot of menu and our food but we've actually expanded the menu. Um, we've ha- have um, several authentic Laotian dish for them to 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 try. Um, it's actually our menu is actually getting bigger by the day because now we're listening and hearing what customers you know requesting and, and wanting, and we take that into consideration. And then we do we we're adding on. I mean we're we don't we're not still going to keep it simple and small, but we definitely are expanding our menu here and there to to accommodate um, our customers. Yeah. So what items have you added to your menu specifically? I mean, we talked about the king noodle soup. I don't know if that's something that that you've added, but what I mean specifically would have you added and and talk to me a little bit about what that those new menu items are. 
So we've added, um, man, we've added so many. So we've added like the drunken noodle. Uh, we've we've added the pad thai, which everybody's crazy about. You know, it's nationally. Everybody thinks of like Thai food. They're like pad thai, right? So we had to have that. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's so true, actually. It's one of the things I would always order originally. Now I have a much more. I should say, 20 years later, after first being introduced to Southeast Asian food, I have a bigger palate, more thorough palate, however you want to look at it. But yes, I totally get that. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, we've added um, the fried chicken wing, Laotian fried chicken wings with, you know, the side of our, our spicy paste, which is Jia Bong. That's very popular. Because with beef bone broth on the side. We have the Laotian ribs, baby back ribs. It's just delicious. It comes again. It comes with a spicy paste and the beef bone broth on the side with sticky rice. Um, what else have we added? Oh yeah, and then of course we are gonna have. So as far as Laotian dish, like the tiger tear and um, the Laotian sausage and all that, we we rotate that. Um, Weekly, we have like, like really authentic dish, uh, like lop and stuff. Um, the chicken lop, the beef lop. Um, yeah, that's so far we've, that's all we have. Um, besides our, our, our food truck menu, which is the basil and the ramen and, you know, the, the popular items. But but we're still, we're still fine tuning our menu. Um, again, we're, you know, taking I'm not just trying to accommodate our customers and see what they like and see what they're, you know, um, requesting. But we we, we try to be. We, well, the whole main goal is not to be everything to everybody because it, it's just it's just too much. Because right now the struggle is already you know staffing has already been a struggle for us. <laughs> um, so it's currently the restaurant is just running under you know f- five man team. So it's it's like we're we're doing what we can handle. Uh, as far as the menu, because the menu of what we serve is very uh, complex already. So the quality is number one to us. So we want to make sure that our, our menu stays consistent. And, um, you know, even though it's it's limited and small right now, uh, we want to be able to execute the dish each each time. Um, and the quality stays the same. But as far this. as like Go having ahead. yeah all these Laotian dish and oh no no we don't we do not have that not 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 now at least um, like I said it's it is complex for each each you know little dish that we do so um, yeah talk to me about the staffing issues and things like that I think a lot of people are going through it I think they can relate but I think they're also you know wanting to know they're not alone in this struggle. Um, and that mm-hmm. it's just part of being in the food game right now. But talk to me about your struggles. I mean, are, are you still like running the food truck and, and having to staff that and you've got catering that's still going on. So how are you mm-hmm. managing all this and, and stuff like that? But let's go back to the original question, like the staffing issues. Where, where, what's going on there? How are you struggling there? Um, and how are you combating it? Oh, man, I think that's, you know, that's everybody's. It, I mean, I, I, I've talked to, especially the restaurant owners, and you know, when they come eat at our restaurant, they have the same issue and same experience. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's just a time where it's just challenging to find just the right people, you know, to the right employee, right, the right staff. Um, especially in this kind of field, it's it's challenging. It's challenging because it's. Sometimes it's not their forte to be in a restaurant business or, you know. Um, so as of right now, we I only have one employee besides my little family that works, you know, with me. But I only have one employee. I've, well, I had a few, but they didn't work out. It was just, you know, college students that, you know, they come and go. You know, they didn't like it or they don't, you know. It's just one of those things where... It's been challenging just to find the right people, um, especially in this field. But like I said, we're we're doing what we we can manage right now. Um, already, our hours are very small because it's it's just difficult for us to um, to even keep the the restaurant um, the hours longer. 
and us being here in Colombia, it's, it's, it's even more challenging, I guess, because we have more, the, we came from Nashville. So we know the context where we, if we was to hire, we have other family members and other people who are around us, they can come and help and, you know, but as far as being out here further now, it's, it's difficult for our extended family to, <laughs> to even um, be here helping, but we were working on that. Um, the words out, you know, that our our places. Um, so, Noki, I'm curious. Like, did you have to go in and renovate your space? Like, what kind of additions did you have to do? Like painting. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, as they think about getting in the food space, they just want the kitchen done and to serve food. But there's so many things that have to be done. You have to design it potentially. You have to lay mm-hmm. out your idea. You have to sort of figure out how you're going to get this to work and, and how you're going to bring guests in and then you got to market and advertise it. So let's go back mm-hmm. to sort of the things that are non-food related. How did you come, you know, how do you decorate? How do you build this? So you get, you find your location, like what happens that's all the non-food related things that you have to sort of go through at the beginning to get this up and running? So the space that we found, it's, it, it was, it used to be a restaurant. Um, so it was already fully built out so we went in there and if i if you would see the place before and after you would it would blow your mind we have customers coming in there like oh my goodness it's like night and day uh it was a lot of planning a lot of sleepless nights um i would give all the credit to my designer um which is my husband he 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 did four months of just nonstop renovating the whole place by himself um yeah when i say by himself literally by himself to laying the floor tearing things down painting um just the whole decor you know he gets his ideas just from a lot of you know youtube he says people ask him like how did you do all that's like lots of youtube lots of pinterest <laughs> but yeah we it's the place is amazing. Um, now that we've renovated and made it look much, much better. Um, it used to be a burger joint, so if only if you can imagine. And the, the people were from Chicago, so it's like the whole place was like Chicago Bull. <laughs> it was like it was all nothing but red, just straight up red. The place was just not up to par. I mean, just it was... It's actually, it wasn't all that great, that, the space, but we've made it, we made it look and, you know, feel it's just, it's like almost like a brand new restaurant. Um, hopefully one day you get to. Yes, definitely. And I'm planning on being there the end of July for sure. Cause we, uh, we're yeah. starting to film, uh, um, the, the screen tests and, uh, the pilot episode for, uh, Futopia, mm-hmm. uh, the TV show we're working on, um, mm-hmm. that everyone I always talk about on the podcast, so I won't continue to repeat it for everyone, but it is about food entrepreneurs from the farm all the way to the restaurants in cities around the world. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. over 18 seasons, over 12 years, that's what we're pushing for and, uh, give the world, um, and the audience, um, exposure experience and education of the world and, and sort of map the food in it. And we have lots of little sub content that'll be coming out along with it. And, we found mm-hmm. some good partners around the world, but I will be there. I want to come eat there while I'm down there in the end of July. I want to get some f- photography and, and stuff like that for sure because I – and I haven't tried the food yet, so there's always mm-hmm. that. I keep meaning to go out and try the food truck, and life has happened in, in numerous ways. And I've been mo- – I moved up to New York for a while, and then I'll be back in Nashville. So it's um, – mm-hmm. I'm letting life and God sort of give me the journey, but – I do mm-hmm. want to try it. I do want to see it. I want to see the work that's been done in the craftsmanship because I do know what that's like to go mm-hmm. into a restaurant or a kitchen where it was someone else's and their vision, and you're then trying to create your vision within that, and their vision was so subpar or, or the way they did things or their business, and obviously that's why they're not in business anymore, that you mm-hmm. have to go in and fix things. I'm sure people right. might say that about the kitchens that we've been at when we ran them for 22 years, and they go in and they're like, what do we do with this thing? So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. um, it's interesting because every concept is different. Every menu is different. The equipment's always different. It's never like one shoe fits all for sure in the food game. Right. 
Right. So, I mean, did you get new furniture? I mean, did you pick all of that out? Did your husband pick it out? I mean, how did you... How did you do all that? Was it already there? Did you need to reupholster? Because I can't. I'm trying to imagine what it's like going into a restaurant um, like that. That was so. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It definitely had a character um, yeah. from the description. Yeah. So how did you make it yours uh, aesthetically? Did were you a part of that? The furniture, all that, or you really let him have? Um, should I say control over that, for lack of a better term? I, the reason why I, I give him, um, I guess, that responsibility is yeah, my husband, he has an eye for design. Um, he's very gifted in his um, craftsmanship, I guess. Um, he's he's very good. He has a he has good judgment I guess, <laughs> with, with just anything in general. But as far as the aesthetic of the whole building, the whole place, yeah, he, he though as, as as far as like the tables and the equipments, no, we we threw everything away. Um, everything's brand new. Uh, we order our equipments brand new. And tables and chairs, chairs we tables we built on our you know uh, we built our own tables. We built our own bars. I mean, we did our accent walls, um, farm style what do you call it, doors. I mean, it's just the stuff that he's really naturally gifted on um, just putting everything together, just the whole decor and design. It's just he has really good taste. So I trust that in him. So that's why I let him do most of the, you know, I give him that responsibility. But as far as little things of painting and, yeah, I I, I was there too. I, <laughs> I want to give myself some kind of credit. Um I helped paint it. I helped clean up. That place was not what you, you know, after you clean out the place, then you see the 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 result like, oh wow. This place is not is not up to par. <laughs> it's it was pretty bad, you know? So we did a lot of cleaning. A lot of elbow grease. Um just husband and wife sleepless night. I mean, it's just we're there. Um, teamwork, you know, um, definitely. But yeah, everything we we bought is um, we did it on our, you know, on our own. Um, we didn't hire anybody. It was just majority just me, uh, me and my husband. Um, yeah, so really, really proud of ourselves for even, you know, having the capability to even do that. You know, just we never built a restaurant before. You know, like wow, and never really renovated like that before so to see the results like wow we really we did a really good job you know i think it's where there's a will there's a way you know um especially (laughs) if it aligns with god's will and i think what you're on and your message and who you are at least for me uh, from my perspective and my belief system it's Mm -hmm. like you have such a good thing going and are creating something that's so great for the world and gives people in the middle of tennessee um exposure to the world through food really um because they wouldn't get it otherwise so like talk to me about for you personally what was the transition like transitioning from the truck into a brick and mortar for you personally emotionally like what was that like um and do you feel a difference i mean because one you're going to everyone else and the other one you're having everyone come to you Mm, yeah is it, it has its pros and cons, you know, with the truck and then now with the restaurant. Um, now that I'm actually in the restaurant, it's it's wow, you know, it's different. It's it's different. Like you said, like you mentioned about us being on a truck, it's like we're going to our customer and, and to different places and um, just traveling. But now when you're actually at the restaurant, you're actually there and you're there a lot. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of um, challenging moments where it gets, it's almost like, um, I hate to say because we're so early, but it's a lot, of, it's, I'm just, it's exhausting um, because you're trying to juggle so much as a business owner and it's already getting overwhelming um, just because of more issues and different kind of issues now that you deal with a brick and mortar you know it's way different from the food truck um you're dealing with more customers you're you're dealing with 
you know, just the operation side is just, everything is just more. Um, for me personally, it's been challenging because now that I'm always at the restaurant, always working, um, I, I'm always working in the business. I, I, I need to really step back and kind of work on the business as well. Because right now we've just been, you know, super busy with, with just the restaurant, um, our, our trucks even on hold right now, we've declined so many, you know, events and, and, and catering has been on hold. We, we, we're trying to establish a team. Uh, once we have a team, the truck will still be operating back in Nashville. Um, for us being so new here in Columbia and then being so new with the brick and mortar, um, it's been, a, you know, different kind of obstacles that we, we're, just trying to figure it all out, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's been busy. It's more busier than the food truck. I'll tell yeah. you that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about like the customers, the clients, because you're coming in. They're coming in now. There, it's not just like, I, for lack of a better term, order here's your food. I don't see you again. Now you're actually servicing the customers in the store. Right. Um, you're mm-hmm. maybe even waiting on them. I don't know if that's the style, but if it's quick service, maybe not. But how is that different? I mean, how how is doing this different? And do you feel they're getting a different experience in the food, even though some of it's the same food off the truck? Like, has that different for you? Would you say the feedback's different, um, the customer interaction, for example? Mm-hmm. So far, so good. The feedback has been extremely um, good um, the, um, as far as um, – so the – of course, there's a big difference. One of the main reason why I would love to, one of the main reason why I actually opened up a brick and mortar is because so I I could have the customers experience our food. I guess in a better um, term is like, like just to experience the dish that we create and make versus just putting it in a to-go box and give it to them. You know, that's the difference between the, the, the food trucks, like more like a street food, like, hey, you know, they're lining up, here's your food, but I want them to be to wow and, and see, you know, what, also oh, here's the thing with our concept is it is quick service. Our restaurant is quick service. Um, they come up to see the menu they, they order and our kitchen is open. Um, so they see everything and how we cook, what we do. There is no hiding anything. And that's always been my main concept because I want to showcase, you know, um, to the customers that, this is what goes into what dish and this is what how we do it you know that's one of another um i guess very appreciative from the customers like wow you guys actually cook your food (laughs) you know and and you guys do it well um meaning there's nothing to hide i mean i want to showcase them like hey we're cooking fresh food and you know i want i want to be able to want you guys to enjoy it and it just looks so much better. It's delicious. It's, you know, the presentation. Okay. My main goal was to, to present my dish, each dish with, with, with grace, with, with, you know, quality. Um, and I want them to enjoy and experience that versus on the truck. They don't get that experience. You know, it's more of like, go eat and go type. So for the feedback, of course, you know, they, they, the customers are very, um, appreciative. They're, they're, happy you know and um they're grateful that it's just the concept that what we're doing is you know it's it's an eye-opener for them like yeah so that was my main thing was like i want i've always wanted something to do something like that i want an open kitchen i want to cook in front of my customers i want them to have fresh food you know fresh hot food i'm not hiding anything i'm not doing anything i i want to show off my my skills you know um to people (laughs) <laughs> to the world right <laughs> so i yeah so definitely our concept is an open kitchen concept and we pump out you know delicious hot food ho- homemade right on spot it's incredible it's really um just like such an incredible thing that you're doing and the way you described that i couldn't have put it better I it's just one of those things where it is a new adventure it is um there is some adjustments there things are differing and I mean curiously just for my own curiosity and I guess it's a good question for the audience but like 
going in a food truck is like you go to the customers or you go to a festival or you pick a spot and people naturally come there. Like how did you get uh, customers and clients or individuals to actually know about your restaurant and come to the location? Was your marketing and advertising different? Did you approach it differently or was the popularity of the food truck enough to drive people to your business? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that because I'm always curious because it is such a leap from a food truck trailer into a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's a little bit of everything. Um, We've had, we have, you know, it's, a lot, lots of marketing um, through Loudnet, through our food truck. Um, so the word, you know, the word of mouth, um, our regulars, our customer, loyal customers, you know, they, they even come to the restaurant. I mean, it's a travel. It's, it's, it's about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour from Nashville, but they make, they, they come, they're very supportive. Um, and it's new here to Columbia and, and the community, but it's already, you know, four months in. And I mean, everybody's just and now they know they know um marketing we're getting there <laughs> with with the south of Han, for the restaurant uh website everything back-end work um slowly but we're getting there um right now it's just more uh, word of mouth and community has just been so supportive and they they're the one who's doing all the marketing for us you know everybody who comes in they're like so-and-so told us about this. So-and-so told us about that. So it's just been, you know, free marketing right now for us um, until we can, um, I guess, start doing it ourselves. Um, right now, yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah. I'm impressed, nonetheless, of all of it. It's it's an impressive feet. I know what it's like to be in the restaurant business and the food truck Mm -hmm. business and Mm -hmm. try to grow either one of those. Um, And I do know that contrary to popular belief, they are not quite the same, even though you may be serving the same food or have the same menu, there is a lot of differences there. Like I said, there's the customer interaction alone, the, uh, the employee interaction, the size, the, the amount of things that you can add. And then, you know, it, I don't know what it is. The maintenance is different, even though it I, to me it seems just as much maintenance for a truck as it is for a brick and mortar. And I know everyone's like, "Oh, there's way more maintenance on a truck." I just um, I just wait a few more years, and um, <laughs> yeah. and so you know that's what it is. And I love what you're doing. I love that you brought the food with the food truck into Nashville and middle of Tennessee. I love that you're establishing yourself. You, you're taking such pride in it, and. And you're just such a, a great and gifted entrepreneur. Um, and, and the partnership with your husband, we've talked about on a previous episode, is just so amazing. Your support for one another, your, I would call it unconditional love and support. I don't know how else to describe it, but all, most, if I would say, I shouldn't say most, I should say a lot because I don't know, I don't want to go to an extreme. I think people do that too much by saying all the time or mostly and they're not sure. But I would say a lot of, of the time in my experience, um, entrepreneurs or couple entrepreneurs just don't see each other the way that you guys do understand each other's superpowers and what role each one should play. They kind of intermix and are way too involved in what the other person's superpower is and almost for lack of a better term, kryptonite them, uh, dilute it, uh, make it so that superpower doesn't shine for them or benefit the couple. And you guys have really balance that out. So I just want to give a compliment there. Um, and just from an outsider, I'm envious and not in a bad way or jealousy. I just, I definitely strive for that, um, what you have for sure. So I want to compliment both of you. I think that it's awesome the way that you two work together. Um, and I have experienced that in my relationships at times, but I wouldn't say to the extent that you guys truly understand each other's role, um, mm-hmm. in your relationship, in your business, in your families, uh, just from the conversations we had. And it's been something that's been weighing on me a long time that I'm like, I'm definitely going to tell you guys this. And I almost forgot it again on this episode. And um, thank God someone just like sort of helped me out with that. And so the it is something because I'm just, I'm blown away by it because I think a lot of success that, that into us, yes, it's important to have good food. 
and food that everyone likes, but that's just the golden ticket to get into Willy Wonka's factory. You still have to win the factory. You still have to do the things. You still have to go through the tests and tribulations. But more importantly, you have to have a good home life and supportive home life and spouse and children and relationships and family. Otherwise, you don't get anywhere. And if there's a lot of, I'm not saying all families don't argue or yell. Believe me, I'm an Italian Mm -hmm. family. Everyone thinks we're yelling at each other half the time. We're just (laughs) talking. You know, we're like, what do you mean we're yelling? What do you mean? Or I'll have like someone come into the picture, an outsider or someone in a relationship with, they're like, gosh, you yell all the time. Your family, they yell all the time. I'm like, we're not yelling. You haven't seen yelling if that's what you think yelling is, you know? (laughs) And, uh, but it's also an East Coast thing. I think a Northeast thing that we just talk with more energy and emotion uh, stereotypically, mm-hmm. um, particularly um, if you're in the food game, the food game is a, a very high intensity thing. You know, that's it's you know a lot of mistakes are made, a lot of lessons are learned very quickly compared to any other industry. If you mess up a burger, it's not the end of the world. You just fix it right away. Right. You get to fix it right away. And a lot of industries, you mess up your R and D. It you know you could lose tens of millions of dollars potentially, or or time or whatever. It's just not that way in food. So it's very intense. It's feelings aren't meant to be hurt. Things are learning lessons. There's so many iter iter. Well, I'm not going to say the word idiosyncrasies or little things in food that cause a difference. A spice here, uh, too much salt there, too little pepper there. That. Mm-hmm failure is just a part of it every day and in volumes that you just learn i don't know other than experience and i've talked about this before i'm trying to stack my skill set not only as a business person or media or real estate or um the uh, technology game or television and film game now that i'm involved with it's also about in logistics and so on and so forth i can't even remember what else and um but i'm going back to the basics like the very skills like i don't have much experience in baking and donuts and and pizza so i'm trying to actually go learn those not from a business standpoint but actually making the pizzas the donuts the things and i gotta tell you like it was a train wreck and i've been in food and freaking since wow. I've been a kid and my family grew up in it, but I baking is a totally different animal. The proofing, the the temperature changes outside. You mm-hmm. can't follow the recipe anymore. The humidity changes outside. You've got to tweak it a little bit. Where when I was cooking chicken or we were making everything from scratch, we would bring in the baked products because of this because it was too complicated to cook everything from scratch, bring everything in. We outsourced it to a lot of experts and a lot of entrepreneurs out there in the world for our food service business and or direct to consumer meals we would outsource the bread and the the baking and the desserts and stuff like that that were baked and Mm -hmm. so you know when i've got into it it's like it's a different animal and i listen i can't even tell you like the humbling experience that i've had again in life and i thank god for it it Mm -hmm. really grounded me in a crazy way because I messed up in groves. Like I ruined a whole batch of donuts by overproofing them. They got waterlogged and they go flat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I do that? You know, and if you're baking them, that's a whole other part versus frying them or or a lot of uh, donut places now do both. And I'm Uh just like, and they do croissant donuts and and have crodo and all these intersyncrasies. And I'm like, and it was just like, oh, over icing, oh, overheated the icing now it's watery and i'm just like oh too many sprinkles on there no one wants too many sprinkles and you're just like holy smokes was this what it was like in food and i remember learning it and just that's part of the reason i love it so much is it's just you can stack so many skills and you never stop learning and so i just to my point is is this has been probably such a a learning experience for you and your family and and you've just had so much acceptance and support to go through these as a couple. And I know I'm sure you guys have been unhappy with one another here and there, but I've got to imagine <laughs> that there's a lot of acceptance in failure or mistakes at, in your relationship and in your business as you're training people and trying to get them accustomed to the food that you guys do or, or the business that you have. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, well, it means a lot. Thank you so much for, for that. Um, that, that means a lot to to me and to us yeah yeah and yeah. i i look forward to meeting your husband i'm gonna like he's gonna get like 10 high fives and maybe a low five there <laughs> and a couple pounds you know but yeah um great because great. supporting you and you're making impact um and your influence is going to be huge and and 
I am rooting for you guys more than I almost cried. I got I'm, I'm choking up a little bit. But no. I am so <laughs> impressed and just honored that you would be on the podcast, especially three times. I am mm-hmm. just so wildly inspired, um, loudly inspired, I should say. Like, I think about <laughs> you all the time, interestingly, both of you. Like, you're part of my prayers every night. And that's oh, not everyone. I mean, I try to, but I my prayer list is like Santa's shopping list. Like, God's like, come on, Justin, you've been praying for like 45 minutes today. Get Like, uh-huh. let's move on, bro. And um, you got to go do God's work. Stop, you know, being thankful or gratitude because I'm filled with so much gratitude. But what you're doing and for anyone out there that that understands what I'm saying, they are building relationships and they are leading by example and they're leading by attraction, not promotion. Okay, and that's hard for everyone to understand what I'm saying, but it's it's I hear it from other entrepreneurs in the area. I've I've heard it. People have asked me if I've had you on the show. I've got you've got to have her on the show, and I, I tell them that I already have. And that's an interesting thing to me. And 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 when I talk about you know your food truck and, and getting it back, everyone gets very excited about the introduction of the food and trying Laotian food and things like that, mm-hmm. which I think is important. The right foodies, the right food blockers, the right people who just eat and have. Uh, should I say an affinity for exploring new things and trying new food? Like you're the person and you guys have such a great model of entrepreneurism as a couple and a family, as I said before. Let's, um, as we're sort of, you know, going along here, where are you hoping this goes? Uh, Do you hope it goes into multiple stores? Are you going to have more food trucks? Like, I know you're like, okay, one day at a time, one step at a time, Justin, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. I know I, I'm that person because I'm like a very big thinker and I love dreams that are big enough to fit in everyone else's dreams in them. So I'm one of those. I'm total like visionary in that way. But what is it, you know, you and your husband and, and, and where are you hoping this goes? Like, uh, I'm, and, and do you talk about it, I guess would be my question. Yes, we talk about it a lot. <laughs> um, definitely what we would like to see um, is, of course, more growth, uh, more opportunities for not only for ourselves. Um, it's Our vision is to have multiple locations where we can find special people um, that could be a part, not only a team, but to be a part of our family where they would have the same um, core values and same passion and um, see the vision um, of the potential as, as well. But our main thing is to be able to hand it off to special people who, who wants a restaurant and, you know, they can be able to, to have something um say per se if we was to open more locations this our goal is to go back to nashville or just you know in the redford area um just wherever that you know it's going to be opened up for us but we'll love to have special people in place where they they'll be able to not run only run it but to have to own it as well um our goal is not just to um grow and then it's just us just a a two-man team and it's all for us no it's our vision is actually for for the other potential people or or the ones that who been wanting a restaurant has been in the game for so long and doesn't know where to start or have the opportunity uh we want to be able to create that um opportunity for them to you know have something for themselves and to fulfill their passion and dream um, but yeah, for us to start off with just one location, it's it's been overwhelming. But um, but our vision and our goal is to definitely expand and to have you know um, more locations where people can all over Metro can try and come and eat, and it'll be convenient for them. Because I know we already have a lot of customers who are really sad because they're like, oh, we thought we were, you guys were going to open one here in Nashville because our truck is from Nashville. Like, why Columbia? And I was like, well, why not? You know, um, it's just it's just a, a first, you know, a, it's a hub for us. It's a, it's a first, you know, restaurant. And um, 
I think it was a great move. Besides from, um, I mean, as you may know about the whole Nashville, um, the retail space and whatnot is just, <laughs> you know, it's it's up there. It's pretty it's pretty pricey. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and hyper competitive right now. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our, you know, it was a it was a smart move for us to be here um, to start to start and you know and then yeah sky's the limit you know if it does god 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 willing if it's, it does well then yeah we would love to expand multiple locations and definitely um that's our goal and then right now we're coming back to even focusing on our products um we have products that we sell online and we can't neglect that because i mean that's you know that's a very thriving business within itself. And we sell our product online and it's a lot of stuff, Justin, <laughs> a lot. Um, but we're, we're trying to, you know, juggle and, and we're doing what we can. Um, we're just doing what we can. Um, we're, we're limited, but we know that it, it can happen and it will grow. It will thrive. Um, we just have to keep on moving forward and, you know, be positive and stay positive, you know, even though when things are, they get, it gets hard, it gets really challenging, but it's not going to stop. You know, it can't stop us because we've come so far already and I, I don't want to quit, you know, anytime soon, <laughs> but definitely our, our, our goal, our vision, our, the future, and definitely would love to expand and have more, you know, multiple locations. I love it. I love the, um, the composure um, I'm sure it came with hard knocks, as all, all of us do in equanimity. Last question for you guys, um, for you, sorry. Um, what was the most enjoyable day that you've had since you've opened the restaurant, and why was it the most enjoyable day for you? The brick and mortar, oh. I should say, not the, the food truck. The food truck, yeah. The restaurant, the most enjoyable day to me I, I can't just pick a specific day. It's when I'm there and I see just the customers. I, it's that's my, you know, that's my enjoyment. Um, just to see them come in and eat and, you know, being blessed by the food. It makes me, um, makes me happy. Um, every day when I'm there, even though I'm physically or sometimes mentally tired, but to see customers come eat and enjoy your food and, hearing good feedback and, you know, seeing them returning every day is good to me. You know, as long as I continue doing what I'm called to do, I, I'm happy every day. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, what is, where can everyone find you? What's your Instagram for, for both the food truck and this location? What's the address of your restaurant? Uh, and how can people find you online? Um, right now we have, um, you can always find us on, you know, Google South Ahan. You can always Google our uh, business. Um, our website's not up just quite yet. Uh, we're working on that, but you can definitely find us on Facebook and, um, and IG, um, Instagram, and um, yeah. Love it. If, thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. We're definitely going to do a part four a few months from now because I want to continue to tell your stories, get us through the summer months and maybe a little bit of slower times and, and give you guys some time to, to keep building. I do want to continue to talk about your online business in another episode because I think that's phenomenal. And this will also give me time to come to your restaurant uh, mm -hmm. and actually experience it while I'm there at the end of July. And, and we're doing that filming for, for Utopia, like I said, uh, and then maybe even get you on the TV show because I would love to get your location on that show as well and some oh, of the wow. stuff that we're doing on there. So I think that would be pretty cool um, mm -hmm. as well, especially with some of the contacts we have locally and, and individuals that could help out with that because Nashville is becoming the hub for everything. I can't even explain it. Mm -hmm. Film and TV are moving there. Uh, the podcasts <laughs> yeah. are there. That's the media part that we're talking about. That's why I ended up there and uh, why we're going to end up hubbing and found, and basically producing the TV show out of there, at least for the next year or two um, in the near future as we start getting that off the ground. 
even though it'll be uh-huh. filmed around the world. So it's like that place is booming. And uh, I think I'm very excited to, to see where it goes. And Nashville is the place, guys. I mean, I think there's 20 plus million people going there just for tourism this year. That booms economies. Okay. So, and not to mention the amount, the hundreds of thousands of people that are moving there from all across the country to experience the life or benefit from the economic opportunity there. And the, and the food there is ridiculous. So, I mean, it's like, LA, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, the diversity of food in Nashville and the surrounding areas like Columbia is starting to get pretty phenomenal. I, I'm just so impressed. It's almost like, I don't know, Nashville is a city that is not necessarily in the South. It's not in the North either. It's like this crazy hybrid of like the West, East, North, South, and it all came together in like middle Tennessee to, to experience what we're talking about. So I'm, I love it. Uh, Thank you again. Thank you, everyone in the audience. Please share the episode. Give it likes. Give it good reviews. It helps the entrepreneur. helps get the message out there. It helps other entrepreneurs who can benefit from what Noki's talking about here or people that want to go into food trucks or jump from food trucks into brick and mortar or both and uh, helps them grow their businesses. It helps them learn from other entrepreneurs and realize they're not alone in the struggles because there are more struggles on a daily basis in food than anywhere else. I will say that. It's a harder business right now dealing with the labor that we're, that's going on and the hardship there and not being able to find enough qualified employees or willing employees to work is a big time thing. The amount of failures and learning and mistakes that we grow from you know everything's another fucking growing opportunity sorry to curse everyone but it is it's an afco it could be you say a go another growing opportunity but in food i have to add that because it's so important that we understand how it just happens all the time and if we look at it as it happens for us not to us in the food game we continue to grow our businesses even bad bad customers or or lessons there's always stuff to be learned and grow from so i'm going to anchor that for everyone and then lastly this is my last point of the episode and i hope everyone clearly got it we need we want we should have relationships that are rooting for us that are supporting for us that want us to win as bad as we want them to win And we want those partnerships to not be competitive with one another. It's okay to be competitive over a board game. But in life successes, especially in food, especially in business, even if only one partner or spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend is an entrepreneur, there needs to be unwavering and unconditional support. I'm not saying commit a crime or cheat on your taxes. I am saying that there needs to be unwavering support for the individual and entrepreneur world, especially food, especially since the amount of criticism, the amount of feedback, the amount of mistakes, the amount of hardship that exists is so great that it's very hard for food entrepreneurs in this space, especially over the long run, to keep their head up some days and stay above water emotionally. So having that unwavering support, having someone that believes in them as much as they believe in everyone else, in their concepts, in the people we employ, or our team members, however you want to look at it, it's really, really, really important. So anyone listening in that's not in the food entrepreneur space, you really really should think about how you can contribute to the unwavering support that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about blindly. I'm not talking about without feedback. I'm not talking about that it's unconditional in a way that's not honest. I'm talking about in a way that helps the individual grow and gives them the feedback they need, but does not do it in a negative way that tears them down, okay? Because I see a lot of that. I see a lot of jealousy. I see a lot of envy when one entrepreneur does better than the other or one person in a relationship does better and one's an entrepreneur and their business starts to grow and those relationships fall apart. So as I've done this, I do consulting, I do coaching, I've been down in the slumps myself. I will tell you that it's very, very, very hard to succeed in a world where we don't have support and don't have a good support system. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs talk about believing in yourself before anyone else does. I agree with that, but I also agree that having that support from someone that loves us and that we love is really really important that's proud of us that believes in us that gives us that support it it goes wonders especially on the days in food where we don't believe in ourselves because something really really bad happens so you know it happens it's part of life it's part of the human experience it's part of our emotional experience 
but it is important that we realize the hardships the ins and outs that go on when we have someone in our lives that are involved in the food business and what that means. It's why so many people stay away from food. That's why we're having the employee issues because it is hard knocks. It is learning lessons through a fire hose. Um, sorry, but it's part of what it, the way it is right now. And many people don't want to do it because they want to take the easy path versus the growing path. And as I say on the previous episode I recorded before this one that will release right before this, I don't know any other industry where you grow at such a rapid rate, where you don't really check in with your morals and ethics, where you don't have to self-reflect and be self-aware on a regular basis because there's so much feedback and so many things that go wrong um, or so many things that we have the opportunity to learn from. So thank you, Noki, again for coming on the show. Thank you for letting me talk um, thank you so much, on your Justin episode. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me and um, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add or that I missed that you feel like sharing or you feel you need to let anyone know who's out there who's maybe doing this? I know I gave you a little bit of room before, but is there anything else that you wanted to share? Just don't quit. You know, just don't quit. That's the only advice I can, can give to other entrepreneur that's in the same situation or has the same story and experiences and times get tough but just don't quit i agree with that 100 percent. keep going It'll get better yeah <laughs> keep going it may It'll not get, get easier but it does get better yeah i agree with yeah. you absolutely uh 100 uh, yeah. uh thank <laughs> you everyone again for listening in you can find me on instagram at justin the food entrepreneurs you can dm us if you want to be on the show you can also find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And on Spotify, you can find all of our other shows as well. Just type in my last name again. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O, -R 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 and we're out. <laughs>